Well, good afternoon, you Mavericks. Sorry we were a few minutes late. We uh, had a little tech issue, but we've got it all resolved now thanks to Stephanie's son, uh, Oliver, correct? That's right. All right. Shout out to Oliver. Thank you. Well, um, real quick, I'm Francis, your Chief Curiosity Maverick, and I want to be a big, huge thank you to Serenity Engage. They are actually powering our show today um, during this unique crisis pandemic we're facing with COVID. And what Serenity is really doing for us today is they've made a commitment. They've made a pledge, I would say, even stronger, to onboard up to 50 Colorado-based senior living communities to its HIPAA-compliant app for free. That's right, for free. We're going to have more information in the comments section, um, but really take advantage of this great program, this great platform. It's a messaging, um, photo sharing app that's HIPAA compliant. So see the links in the comment. And again, I want to give a big, huge thank you to Serenity for doing that. So now let's dive into the show and talk with Stephanie. Um, Kathy, our, who is our chief inspiration Mavic, we'll take it from here. All right. Thanks so much, Francis. So I'm excited to have Stephanie on our show today. Stephanie is one of my business advisors at Serenity Engage. And uh, she, she and I had a coaching call yesterday. And as we were talking, she shared a personal story with me that I thought we really need to share with our audience. Stephanie just came back from Copenhagen and uh, on a trip with her family. And I'll let her share a little bit more about her story. But Stephanie, welcome. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are, your background? Okay. Um, so I, uh, I am a brand guru um, who has been in the business for over 20 years. And um, I uh, have been in that corporate space for a long time, transitioned, and I um, I now run a organization, a consulting firm that works on uh, personality brand architecture, and it is building uh, upon um, individuality and individual expressions um, so that we can show up and connect in really powerful ways. And Stephanie is a really great business coach. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Stephanie, why don't you just go ahead and tell us your story? Tell us what happened. So, boy, the month of March has been uh, really something. Um, my son um, was studying abroad as a junior in Amsterdam. And um, so we had planned this family trip. Um, I have a son who's a junior, a daughter who is a sophomore. And um, we thought, okay, for their spring breaks, we would all meet in this space. Um, because uh, as your kids get older, that's kind of what you're doing. You're cruising around and you're just meeting in these new spaces. And um, we made this plan in, um, you know, probably end of 2019 and solidified things uh, early 2020. And, <coughs> excuse me, um, suddenly we're, we're really solidifying and closing up, you know, our shop here because we were going to be over there for two weeks. Um, and this virus news really was bubbling up. I mean, we knew it was trickling in, it was bubbling up. And quite frankly, my mother, who is in her late seventies, she called me two days prior to um, us leaving, which was um, the third of March and said, I'm not sure that you should be doing this. And um, I really think that you should bring this to a halt and you should bring Oliver home. 
Wow. Anyway, so she was really giving you a warning. She was. And um, and to be honest, um, I felt um, there personally, I thought there was a little bit of an overreaction there. And I thought, no, you know what? We are strong. We're going to be fine. Um, uh, you know, both my husband and I are 50 plus. And uh, but at the same time, we felt, oh, you know, we're we're from Colorado. We're healthy and we're strong <laughs> and uh, we work out and all those things. And so we're going to be just fine. But well, as everyone understands, it unfolded very quickly. Yes. And let, let's be clear that on March 3rd, the news here in the U.S. was very different than it is today. There were a lot of people saying we're overreacting. Just take a breath, everybody. It's going to be fine. All of it. That my current health and uh, my planning, my ACE planning capabilities would be just fine. And um, and so I'll tell you, um, we flew and we landed in Amsterdam on uh, March 4th. And within three days, I started having symptoms. Now, the the thing is, I didn't want to believe it. Yeah. And, and, and also, they were minor. And so I just thought, well, um, I have a cold. I really stretched myself. I tried to jam a lot of work in before I left. This is my age. It's, you know, uh, all, all these excuses. And, and what, also, symptoms? what symptoms did you have, Stephanie? So the symptoms were um, I, I started to get a little... Uh, a little bit of, you know, the tickle in your throat as if you're getting a cold. Um, but I was just really wiped out. At the same time, I mean, I wanted to say, oh, this is jet lag, but I knew it wasn't. I really knew it wasn't. And How did you know? Was it intuition? You, you kind of knew that this was a little different? Well, there is a little bit of intuition happening, but it's also the comparison. Okay, is it a cold? Or, and so then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through all those cold symptoms. Is Are these the cold symptoms? And they weren't because when a cold hits me, a cold hits me. And um, and this was, it was just slow. And uh, I will also say, I'm gonna credit my husband a little bit, and you and I talked about this, that as I started share, sharing these symptoms, my husband in the background, as he packed, had packed like four levels of things, meaning Sudafed and, you know, and, and four, and, and I mean three boxes of everything. So as I turned to him and I didn't want to share this, but I finally did, I said, I really think I'm getting sick. And he said, oh my gosh, I have all of these things. So I just started, um, I just started taking everything. And I would say that worked for about two days. And then come Saturday, the day that we were supposed to then fly to Copenhagen, I was really slammed. And, uh, and, and again, I'm, so then now I'm in the space of, okay, I'm still not feeling cold symptoms. Okay. I'm not feeling that I have this intense congestion in my head. It's not that way. It is. I started feeling the all over body aches and I started feeling it in my chest. And, um, but I still didn't want to say to myself, this is the virus. Can we, can we talk for a minute about the chest symptoms? Yeah. So you, you <clears throat> talked about that a little bit yesterday. We hear the shortness of breath. And, and for me, when I first heard that, I thought that means I can't breathe. I can't get air. Right. But really what I'm learning is it's different. It, it, can, it can be that, but it can also be 
tightness in your chest. Yeah. It can also be you're doing something and you're suddenly out of breath when you normally wouldn't be. So you kind of feel like, oh, am I out of shape? Yeah. <laughs> that feeling, right? Um, what What was it for you? So for me, it was, um, I literally felt my lungs inflamed. Oh, wow. They felt inflamed and they do now. And so um, they, I could feel that. So it was this this all over body ache happening, but it, I felt they felt inflamed, and um, and it and and I could feel it turning up by the hour, and uh, so we flew to Copenhagen, and I thought, well, once I get there, um, we're gonna have a space that I can just park myself, and if I park myself, this is gonna get better. Or, may, you know, this has just been ta a taxing week. And uh, because, of course, when you land, you still want to you still want to take in what you want to take in if you're on a vacation as much as you can. And seeing my son, who I haven't seen in several months. So um, so I we land and I park myself. But again, it just. It was the all over body ache, but it was the lungs that just, it kept getting inflamed. And, um, and it was scary. It was scary. And so I, this is barely a weekend, right? To your trip. That's right. Okay. So I landed on the third. And so this was probably, this was the, by the eighth. Okay. Sunday the eighth. So, so did it come on pretty quick or did you, is it, did it just feel like it was ramping up over time or heating it was up? Interesting because those first couple of days I felt, um, I, 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 I think I told myself this can't be it because I should have been slammed with it. Yeah. And so there were kind of these, you know, two quiet days and it was that third day that it hit me. And then the fourth day was, was scary. The fourth day was scary. Okay. And you were still in Amsterdam at that time. No, I we were in Copenhagen. Yeah, Copenhagen. that's right. Do you feel like you had any symptoms before you left? No. Absolutely. So, so it must have. Yeah. So it was a, a pretty quick thing. Yeah. Not. Okay. No, nothing. All right. So tell us how, how you, your family fared. Did they get symptoms while you were there? So they didn't. They didn't. And, um, you know, we were actually in a space, I will say, um, once in Copenhagen, uh, we had a space that we were kind of able to quarantine me. And we began to have that conversation that let's keep mom separate. And um, and so we did. And uh, and we tried. And, and once we went back to, to Amsterdam a couple days later, we did the same thing. Uh, we had separate rooms. My son was still in his uh, his student housing, and so we tried. We all of a sudden we said, "Okay, we we kind of grounded ourselves in the space, and we started communicating. Okay, we don't want to we don't want to overreact, mm -hmm. but we want to be smart. Right. And so um, let's stay separate. Let's become pretty vigilant, washing our hands." And I wasn't allowed to touch anything. And um, and so, you know, that became our new normal or that became the routine. And um, and I also just uh, I really I really 
didn't start my day until noon. And it was a very limited day. And I just kind of tried to listen to my energy. Um, my husband had, you know, given me the things that he brought with, but he also uh, went out and he found some things that he thought would be helpful for me. And I was just pounding those things every couple of hours. And so in which case, based on that for me, that began to make a difference. Now, I felt a little bit better, but then I would take a nosedive. And so then I really felt like, okay. And then at the same time, we're also beginning to listen. So now it's probably, you know, now it's been a full week and my kids, uh, they were going to stay there and they actually had plans to go to Dublin for St. Patrick's day. Mm. And suddenly we were hitting the brakes. I mean, we're, I'm trying to listen to me and how I'm feeling, but also it's time to cancel all these things quickly rearrange and, um, and decide, you know, how we're going to get everyone home. Yeah. So what was the news? Can I thing? jump in real quick? Sorry. Oh, real quick. Yeah. I want to stress something. You, you said your kids did not exhibit any symptoms, right? They didn't. So that's what I want to say. The importance of quarantining is so important. I just really wanted to hit that point home because even in close proximity, when you quarantined yourself, you did a great job to prevent the spread to your own family. And that's really something I really want to highlight is, look, it works even in the same house or same living situation. So please, everyone, be responsible. Really listen to that wow. you know, social distancing and the quarantine because it works even when you're in clo close proximities like your family was in Copenhagen. Yeah. So I had to get that message out there. No, I mean, we'll definitely get there as I came back to Boulder as well. Mm -hmm. But I just want to say that we had gotten back to Amsterdam and it was probably Wednesday or Thursday. We'd been there a week and it was the middle of the night and we had forgotten to turn our phones off. And in the, you know, it's two, three in the morning and both my husband and my phone, we, they were blowing up and it was all of our family members calling and saying, we had 48 hours to get home. Oh. And so, uh, and you know, because in that moment it was, everything was going to be shut down. All the borders, all, you know, you, you, you couldn't come home. And did so, you, Stephanie, did you have a sense of that coming at all from the from Copenhagen, it was a total surprise. You just knew it was not good news, but you didn't know that it was getting ready to shut down international flights. No, I mean, to be perfectly honest, my sleep was so horrible and so erratic. I just wondered why somebody was calling me in the middle of the night because I just desperately needed to rest. But at any rate, it was my mother, it was my sister, it was my father-in-law, it was my husband's boss, it was, it was lighting up and then it was, it was a huge wake up and, and then, you know, just daily things unfolded and it became really serious. It wasn't simply my health. It was, um, it was this global phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, we were only there uh, then a couple more days, but in that short period of time, we experienced seeing people and they wouldn't speak to us. Nobody was looking at each other. And suddenly it was like this great distancing. And, um, and it was just a very odd feeling. And it, we knew 
that it was it was time. And, and although we hadn't changed our flight, we changed our kids' flights. Um, but then we were starting to feel like we should have. I mean, should we be going home at the end of the day here? Should you know? Right. Yeah. So, that wow, wow. I mean, that sounds. I mean, a matter of 24, 48 hours, everything just seemed like it. Did it? Did it feel like it just accelerated? All of a sudden, like within a day, it just was on fire. Of yes. you know, you have to make. And I will tell you, every place that we went in Amsterdam at that point, every there were gallons of sanitizer. I mean, everywhere. So I found that really interesting, and I wondered when I got home, would it be that way? Now, since I've been home, I'm quarantined, so I have no idea what's happening outside. But uh, closed. So, (laughs) and so again, everything accelerated, but I found it very interesting that in a heartbeat, there was, I mean, gallons of hand sanitizer everywhere. So am I hearing, am I understanding this correctly that in Amsterdam, it sounds like the experience you had in Amsterdam accelerated quickly there as well. Yes. It was okay. And then suddenly it wasn't. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. So then you got kids flights chained. Oh, go ahead, Francis. How was the flights coming back? How did that, you know, how did you feel on those? I mean, did you? Uh, So that was interesting too. We got to the airport and, um, and of course we wanted to, my son didn't come home until three days later, but my daughter was with us, but she was on a different flight. And as you know, we walked her to the gate and uh, you know, she's 20, but we still, we we needed her to get on that flight. And as we, uh, escorted her to her gate there were there were probably eight individuals that had these rolling carts and they came immediately and uh had questions where have you been um uh, you know just had had a series of questions where she had traveled where she had been did she know anyone who had been sick had a fever those type of things uh, really it was china and iran okay those were the two very big questions. And, um, and so, uh, so she got on her flight, we got on our flight and I will say, um, you know, I made sure that I had a mask on the entire time. There were, the flights were half empty and uh, there were a few others that had masks on. We were a little surprised about that. My husband and I, although my husband wasn't having any symptoms, we wore masks the entire time. Okay. How was landing in the in the states? I really, did they do anything when you hit the ground in the states from checking temperature or anything like that? Uh, so uh, we landed in Chicago. Uh, well, so uh, uh, two days prior, our we had a connecting flight through Germany, and then uh, we're coming to Denver. Well, Denver wasn't one of the main hubs, so our flights were canceled, and so then that kind of uh, set in some panic. So within. Um, within that entire day, we worked to get a flight that came into one of these main 13 hubs that you could come into. So my daughter was coming into JFK, no problem. It was a problem for us because Denver wasn't. So we finally got a flight into Chicago. We got into Chicago and uh, that's where there was a main questionnaire and we were all, um, our temperatures were taken at that point. And was your temperature okay? Yeah, it was okay. By that time, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Great. Yeah. So So, my temperature was fine, and then um, and then we had a layover, and and it was a little surprising to us. We felt like, wow, we really didn't think that these airports would be this crowded. But again, there were only thirteen 
airports that you could come into. Mm. So yes, that's why. And they, everybody was coming back. In a, was coming. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So um, <coughs> I want to get to, you know, some of the, the uh, advice that your doctor gave you when you did get home. I know you're still dealing with it, the effects of it. I, um, what happened when you got home? You, did, you so didn't home. see your doctor. You did telemedicine, right? Right. So uh, just this last Sunday, I got back. And, uh, and I have to say, and I was one of the concerns about coming back, I was coming back to altitude. And so I'm still having a lung issue. And that, it made me nervous. I thought, is this going to accelerate? Because now I'm at altitude. It was another layer for me. Right. And so, um, so I thought, well, I'm going to wait till I'm going to wait till the solid 14 days, because when you go to the doctor and you're sick and you might have a virus or, you know, you might have the flu, whatever it's the 14 day. Right. So Wednesday was my 14 day and nothing had gotten better. Um, I was at home and that felt better. Um, but Again, if I was to get on a call or do something, I was really feeling those effects. So on Wednesday, um, I called and um, they connected. They were inundated uh, with calls. And so I was they listened to some of my symptoms and then I was connected and linked to a triage center. And so I spoke to the uh, so someone called me back within an hour and a half and I was able to speak to a nurse and um, he uh, just walked through my story and then actually put me on hold and consulted a bit with a, a whole group of nurses in the triage center and said, okay, we want to um, get you on uh, an online call with your physician. And so um, probably uh, two hours later, I was on a call with my physician and uh, we walked through my symptoms and my story. And um, she basically said, um, I believe you have it. I believe you have the virus. And, um, but she said, the frustrating piece here is I can't test you. She said, if you had gone to the hospital and um, you, your symptoms were that intense, then you would probably be tested. Um, you, if you go to an urgent care, you may sit there and, but they will not be able to test you because they do not have the test. Um, so mm -hmm. she said, um, every day they tell me that we're, you know, every day is a new day and that there's a possibility that we will have this. But she said, there are so many components and pieces and parts. We just don't have them. And, um, and so then we kind of walked through that. And so, you know, my concern was twofold. My concern, number one, was that I wasn't feeling like it was just still up and down. And, um, and, I, and I was still having difficulty, you know, uh, going up. And every time I went up the stairs, I had to sit down. And any set of stairs, any long conversation was very difficult. Um, and so my concern for me was that, pneumonia would set in. And so if there's anything that's that I could do. Big worry for people, just to be clear for our audience, that's one of the big worries is that it becomes pneumonia. Right. And so anything I could do to, to you know, um, avoid that step, I wanted to be able to do that. But then the second piece was, then it was, 
truly feeling for me, okay, I have a family of four now. We're all about to come together. I do have two kids that are 20 and 21. And, you know, there's just this whole quad that, okay, we need to really shine a light on this. And can we get tested? And I had, of course, I had taken a deep dive into every piece of news element that I could. And I just really thought it was important that we find out because we had been on planes. We had been to different countries. My son previously, I will say this, he had been to Italy. Now, when I got to Amsterdam, we counted the days he had been there 20 days prior. He had also been to Spain. And but I thought, well, so again, I understood that 14 days was enough. When I shared that story, my physician said, actually, we're now in the span of time that it's 21 days. Yeah. It could have been him. Wow. It could. But she said at the same time, when you're in the airport and you you were in the airport at exactly the time when everyone is coming from those countries. So right. it's hard to say. But it just so many it could have. And that's that's the hard part is even with the contact tracing, it could have been so many people that you came in contact with that you don't even know. You walked by them, you touched something they touched. But the most important thing for me was the pneumonia piece. Also, my entire family, although the quarantining piece, I needed to know so that we could be uber vigilant. Yeah. And when you spoke with your doctor, she didn't have much else she could offer you other than treat the symptoms, but she did give you some advice around obviously washing hands and, and the use of gloves. I thought this was interesting. So she said, um, well, so initially only my husband was here. My son wasn't back. My daughter wasn't back. And, um, and so my husband was my foot soldier. We had nothing in the house. We've been gone two weeks. And she said, I don't want your husband going out anymore. Okay. He needs to stay in the home. He said, she knows my children. And so she said, you know, once Oliver comes home, Oliver was first, Violet was second. Once Oliver comes home, he's the only one that can go out, but he must wear gloves. Okay. So no matter what he's touching in that store, he needs to wear gloves right now. Gloves is the most power are the most powerful things for us because we don't all have masks. Okay. And the reason for the gloves for Oliver, who was not symptomatic is so that he didn't spread the, the virus. Uh, well, kind of twofold so that if he had it, he wouldn't be spreading it. But also if I'm, she, she also wanted me quarantined in my house. So, so if, he was picking it up outside. He would have those gloves on. He could come home, take the gloves off. I see. I see. He's now the person in the kitchen. My husband's the person in the kitchen. I'm not allowed in the kitchen. There are two rooms in the house that I'm allowed in still. Um, And so uh, that is our new protocol. And so for me, she said, you know, and again, there's so much information, this idea of, okay, you're quarantined and you're here for two weeks. Um, she really said, it may be two weeks, it may be longer until you are finished with all of your symptoms, you need to wait, set, you know, once you get to that space, then it's 72 hours and then you can move about. And um, 
Wow. I found that interesting as well. This is really great. And and Cheryl is just commenting that she wore gloves yesterday and a mask to the grocery store and was stared at and laughed at. And um, yeah, that's really, please let's not stare and laugh at people who are trying to do the right thing for all of us. Thank you for sharing that, Cheryl. Yeah, definitely. And let me just say, one of the things I did immediately is I called my mom because my mom is 78. She lives in the Palm Springs area in California, where it is a retirement community. And what she was doing is she said, you know, I'm just trying to go to the store at a time that it's not so busy. And I said, Mom, I said, you know, again, you know, the the biggest piece I found from my physician was wear those gloves. And I said, Mom, do you have gloves? And she said, I do. But she said, you know, nobody else is wearing them. And I said, look, first of all, I said, I, you know, I really think you should be staying at home, but if you need to go out, the gloves seem to be really important. And, you know, if someone's going to look at you sideways, so be it right now, you really have to focus on your health and you have to be as smart as you can. So, um, she has, she's going to do that. And, um, and also that she has a couple of people around her who has said, have said to her, hey, look, I'm here for you. Um, and I think she has, you know, there's that piece of independence that you don't want to give that independence up, right? And mm-hmm. that, But it's temporary, okay? So lean on those individuals, find a park that you can go to, find a drive-through that you can go to if you still want to do that, uh, you know, for a quick meal. But um, this is temporary, but super important. Yeah, and a great time to be leaning on people who are offering. And yeah. gloves, are they latex gloves, winter gloves? What What is, what's the recommendation? Did they say? So, you know, she didn't say, and I have to say when my daughter came home, um, she came home Wednesday night and, uh, which is a whole nother story, but she didn't have latex gloves. She literally, she had been at my sister's and my sister gave her some light winter gloves and she also had a mask. And we sort of just felt like it was better than nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm sure it was probably a bit of an oddity, but, you know, my daughter being 20, she mm-hmm. had lived through this for two weeks and she thought, I'm wearing the gloves. And she wore them. We will reach out and find out what the right protocol is. Um, but I would encourage people, use what you have. At least it's better than nothing right now until we get that answer. And we'll post it in our comments when we do yes. get that answer. So uh, just to to have some of the fun in this, um, you and your family are a little bit musical, maybe, and are doing some fun things. When we finally all got back together, um, we about a day. So my daughter finally got back Thursday, no, Friday night. So uh, we are this way. So uh, Saturday we had our family meeting and we said, okay, we're, we're here on lockdown for some time. And what are we going to do with this? You know, how are we going to manage this time together? And, um, one of the things that we decided was, um, my, my husband, my son and my daughter are quite musical, uh, they're performers. And so we decided that we would, um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a surprise, so I don't want to give it all up, but we are pulling together, um, some music 
um, some contemporary music, some classic rock music, and we're putting together some music videos that we're going to yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, that is to come. And, uh, and it's, I have to say, you know, there are things that we're being vigilant with. You know, we all have to show up in this in different ways in our home. Okay. And so, um, but at the same time, we have to have some fun. And, um, and, you know, so we're trying to show up with some creativity and some fun and uh, that feels right for us. So that's what we're doing. That's great. And so fun. So, so wonderfully exciting. Um, uh, Rachel Dort here is reminding people that there are special hours for older adults to shop in our <coughs> Um, this in particular, you're in Omaha, it sounds like. So hi from hi to Omaha. Uh, in Colorado, we have the same thing. And I'm sure most states are really implementing that now. So thank you, Rachel. And Cheryl, who works in the medical field, also mentions uh, it should be rubber latex gloves. So okay, you can go get some of those. I think that's really important that we, we pay attention to yeah, that. And I want to say with those, those are really important for our healthcare professionals, for that personal protective equipment. So don't overbuy. Be really, yeah. really smart. Leave the PPE or that personal protective equipment for the healthcare professionals that are on the front lines because we can't afford them to get sick. If they go down, we lose our first line, our front line people, who I wanna give a big thank you to all of them out there that are doing that. Yes, yes, everyone, the doctors. The, I, my cousin is a nurse in Rochester in the rheumatology department and she will likely be pulled pretty soon here and is not trained. And it's one of the, the things that nurses are so good at and, and all the medical professionals are so good at jumping in and doing what they need to do, even if they haven't been trained. They're trained in how to care for people. And uh, so thank you to all of you who are out there doing that. And thank you to all the people who are being good neighbors and offering their services. Um, Stephanie, uh, before I ask you my final question, I do wanna also touch on another thing your doctor said. When you have gotten through this and you're completely through, then you are most likely immune and you can be a good foot, foot soldier out there helping other people without worry. Is that correct? Yeah, so one of the things she said is, although um, we don't have a test right now, um, she said, I want, to make, I want you to know that you are on the list and when those tests become available, we want to test you. And the reason that we want to test you is because we need people who um, have been exposed. We need people who have been exposed and come through it so that they can then get out there and be our foot soldiers and um, do whatever you can to help out because we need that. And so, and, and again, without the tests, we can't know for sure. And we're still having that conversation internally here. Like, are we sure this isn't a cold? Are we sure it isn't a flu? We just don't know for sure. And so we're kind of in this limbo space but when we have that and when we know, then we can go out and be helpful. That's, that's good to know. So I will wrap up here with my question that we're asking people. What would you like to see change in the world in the next 12 months based on the circumstances that we're dealing with today? I mean, um, I feel like I, I've felt this in, in the past myself. And I know some people talk about this, but 
because I experienced this overseas and then came back and continued to experience it, I just think this is such a message of how interconnected we really are. And from the standpoint that um, it is such this global phenomenon. And, you know, we talked about this. I don't know how I could have gotten this. I mean, you know, obviously there's several possibilities, but um, it's and so quickly how it has affected all of us. So there's the interconnectedness that I think it's important to know that um, we are all tied together. And um, in some ways it has been in a frustrating way, but it can also, a lot of good can come out of it. And um, I just think that then when we're given the opportunity to decide how, um, I mean, there's so much stress that comes with this. And if we think about, if we sort of, educate ourselves you know we have to read all of this 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 tough news that's coming through so quickly but if we can step aside and think about okay how can i individually step up and help um because this is affecting everybody um how can i use my core skills or assets or passions to help then um that's going to help somebody else but it's also going to make me feel better and be meaningful for me too. So um, I think those two things, just that, you know, that, that we are all interconnected. And if we know that, and if we help out, it's going to solve things that much quicker and, um, and just showing up with our personal gifts. That's really great. Thank you for that, Stephanie. And thank you for your time today. Thank your family for, letting you share yes, the story of the whole family and really thank you for self-isolating and, and keeping you and your family safe while keeping everybody else safe. Um, we will look forward to your family video. And when you have that out there, we'll put it in the show notes here. Okay. We'll also put your website in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to Stephanie, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you so much. Everyone have a, a fantastic day. Thank yes. you. Stay safe and, and yeah, take care everyone. Take care of yourself. So again, Stephanie, thank you so much. It really, I appreciate you sharing it because I think hopefully we can learn a lot from your experiences to really help you know, show the importance of social distancing and self-isolation. Like we have to all do our part here. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. Have a great, a great uh, rest of your Sunday. And I, I hope you continue to feel better. I thank you. Bye everybody. Thanks Bye, for joining us.